Welcome in, everybody. Saturday, 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 July 10th, 2021. Another edition of LA Gridiron Weekly. I'm your host, Kirk Morrison, the former eight year NFL veteran with the Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars. Finished my last couple years in Western New York with the uh, up and coming now Buffalo Bills, a team in the AFC Championship just a year ago. Hell of a linebacker. <laughs> oh, shout out to Ice Cube. Last week we had Ice Cube on a program. I forgot about the drop already. Let me hear it again. <laughs> you did your thing out there, man. You a hell of a linebacker. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was from Ice Cube last week. If you missed LA Gridiron last week, uh just go to our Twitter handle, uh at ESPN Los Angeles. Go click on the link in the bio. You can go and find all of the podcasts and all of the old episodes on demand on the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter page. Just type in LA Gridiron Weekly. Man, so much to get to here on this edition. The call number, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We got my guy, Dan Shanka, okay, former general manager, I mean, former scout. He's a current R-Lads general manager, national scout. He's going to come in. The R-Lads sent out, I mean, they're, 2021 draft review. So this is all the draft being done, the offseason, all being done in terms of free agency, all the signings and kind of where teams are at as they head into training camp. And so I'm going to get Dan Shanka's uh, insight on how he looks at the teams here in Los Angeles and also the team over in Las Vegas as well. Coming up at 10 o'clock, my guy, former actually Rams team reporter. Now he works for PFT Pro Football Talk. That's my guy, Miles Simmons. He's going to come in and we're going to talk just a little bit about just, I guess, expectations for a lot of people and also pressure as well. So we're going to get his take on everything. So as I set the table, it's time for the opening kickoff. With Kirk Morrison. And with the flash of the cameras going on. It's time for the opening kickoff. Man, ooh, opening kickoff brought to you by my Twitter handle at Kirk Morrison. At Kirk Morrison on Twitter, at Kirk Morrison on Instagram. Also brought to you by my guys over at the, uh, the Rancho Park Part 3 course, by the way, this morning. My guy, Mr. Lewis, told him I was giving him a shout out today as I get ready to do the show because I get in a little nine hole round of golf in the morning. It kind of prepares me. It's my time of thinking as I get ready to do LA gridiron weekly because the thinking for me, everybody this week was the parallels between two head coaches, two head coaches in the NFC West. One coaches in San Francisco, the other coaches in Los Angeles, Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers, and Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams. These two guys are very similar. Young, offensive-minded head coaches who kind of cut their teeth in the NFL on the offensive side. And now they're head coaches, but they became head coaches at the same time. Four years ago, four years ago, the 49ers selected Kyle Shanahan to be their head coach. Four seasons ago, Sean McVay was selected by the Los Angeles Rams to be their head coach. Can you believe it's been four years? It feels a lot longer. I don't know why, but it's only been four seasons. These two coaches, these two coaches who actually Sean McVay used to work under Kyle Shanahan, if you believe it or not, when they were together with the Washington football team, back then were the Redskins, but now they're the Washington football team. McVay actually worked under Shanahan. 
So they kind of coach from the same coaching tree. But yet now they are on two opposite sides, two opposite sides, but they're still the best of friends. And this week, this week, Coach Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan joined the Flying Coach Podcast with Sean McVay and my guy over at Fox, Peter Schrager, uh, or actually of NFL Network, Good Morning Football. And this week, there was a lot of just transparency, the real talk, you know, because there are so many times when it comes to football, everybody, that we hear reports or we hear this decision being made, that decision being made. But to hear it from a head coach or get a head coach's perspective, it's always fun just to see what the other coaches in the NFL are thinking about what some of the other moves are going on around the league. And so Kyle Shanahan, like I said, joined the Flying Coach podcast with Sean McVay this week. And Shanahan spoke about the acquisition of Matthew Stafford with the Rams and Sean McVay. He was asked a question, and I'm going to quote some of these. I didn't get the audio. I have the quote. So I want you guys to listen up. This is Kyle Shanahan talking about Matthew Stafford and him being acquired by the Rams. So he says this, Shanahan, I quote, you don't want to get me started, dude. That was frustrating. I was in Cabo. I was studying it all. I remember looking through it because everybody was telling me it was a possibility. Stafford's the man. I studied him hard coming out of college and you always play against him. So you know how good the guy is, but to know he might be available and spend two weeks really watching him. Sean. Yeah. Sean McVay. He's better than I realized. He was the man. He's actually underrated to me. I know how good of a guy you got Sean McVay. I know how good he is at play action. I know how smart he is. Not only does he just have a big arm, but he's got touch. He knows where to go with the ball. So I was trying to get involved with that. That was Kyle Shanahan on Matthew Stafford on the Sean, Mc, on the Sean McVay Flying Coach podcast. And wow, that, that's a lot. Because we know the 49ers took Trey Lance uh, with the third overall pick. They traded up to get Trey Lance in the draft. But to think that they probably wanted in on the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. Can you believe a division rival, the 49ers, were actually in on the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes? I think it also goes to show for a lot of Rams fans out there or people around the league that it wasn't just the Rams all in on Stafford. There was a number of teams. And to think the 49ers, a team that was just a couple seasons ago in the Super Bowl, you can say the same thing for the Rams, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, who they paid the big money to, but obviously everyone saw Matthew Stafford available and everybody wanted to get on this. This is crazy. I, I can't believe it because coaches, because we never really heard these big reports of San Francisco being involved, but this is how you want a division. You want to beat out the teams that are in your own division. And so here's a little more from Shanahan. I've got a couple more quotes here. This is Shanahan again speaking about Stafford. I remember Saturday. I was so stressed out. I was stressed out. And finally, we talked to someone. It was seven at night. And they're like, no, nothing's happening with the trade at the earliest until tomorrow. So you can finish your night. 
So I'm like, all right, I'm done. I put my phone down. I talked to Mandy. I'm like, all right, let's go out to dinner. Let's have some drinks. Half an hour later, my buddy calls me and he's like, I'm just telling you, if you want Stafford, you need to get a hold of him right now. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? We just talk to people. I can sleep on this. We'll talk to them tomorrow. I'm just telling you, you need to talk to him right now. And then it was all over. Meaning that Kyle Shanahan was hoping to talk to him the next day. But by then, Sean McVay had already sealed the deal. Sean McVay, Les Need, and, you know, shout out to the Detroit Lions, new general manager, Brad Holmes, who was formerly with the Rams uh, as well. They got the deal done. And obviously, Jared Goff was kind of the uh, the extra topping on this trade. They traded Jared Goff, two first-round draft picks, and they got Matthew Stafford. And I think, I believe, another pick later on for the Rams. But the Rams got their guy. And to think that other people in the division wanted that same guy. Like, that doesn't that make you feel a little bit better about the situation? Even though you're excited about Matthew Stafford, but just to think that he wasn't other offensive minds in the National Football League were seeking, were seeking the player that you wanted. That's that's got to make you feel good. So I understand the reasons why Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams of late, has been so glowing about this opportunity he's got with Matthew Stafford. Nothing against Jared Goff, but this is now the hand-to-pick quarterback of Sean McVay. And now to see other peers of McVay look around and say, wow, dude, you got a good one. Uh, I don't like it. This is good stuff. Shanahan also, too, on the same Flying Coach podcast as well, he talked about the Rams possibly trading for Julio Jones because, remember, Kyle Shanahan, when he was then the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons that went to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, Julio Jones was on that team, obviously. And, obviously, Kyle Shanahan knows what Julio Jones can bring to this division. And I quote again, Shanahan said, that was my biggest fear that Sean would get Julio Jones. That's actually the most frustrating thing for me. I always say, let's do it the right way, which there's no right way or wrong way. But you don't want to risk your future to compete in just one year. That's the hardest thing about being in the division. And he's talking about the NFC West because I know how Sean McVay rolls. That's very similar to me. And I can see that in the other two guys, Sean getting him. I'm going to risk that. All right. Julio would have helped everybody. But you know what is what you know what it's doing to your organization for that year and years to come. I know that's how Sean thinks. That's how we all think. You've got to compete within your division first. Wow. And both McVeigh and Shanahan referred to the NFC West offseason as an arms race. So many similarities between these two head coaches, Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. And this it kind of had me this week just going back and comparing the two. And I really was excited to just talk about this because no matter what, they are always linked because they joined the head coaching ranks of the NFL at the same time. They both have been to a Super Bowl, right? The only thing is that McVay has been to the playoffs three or four seasons. And Kyle Shanahan has only been to the playoffs once 
Now, he did go to the Super Bowl, by the way, but there's just one appearance in the Super Bowl, one appearance in the playoffs, and three other seasons, which were losing seasons. We know Sean McVay, never a losing season as head coach of the Rams. Little other little things here is that these two head coaches since 2017, right? The Rams came off a 4-12 and season. 49ers were 2-14. and So they both have this little, uh, you know, situation in which both sides were came into a situation that was really, really bad. But I think the one thing that has stuck out between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay is that the Rams actually have a losing record and are on a four-game losing streak. That's right. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are 5 and 3 against the Rams and they've won the last 4. They've sweep they've swept, I should say, the last two season series. Right? Division series, the last two they've done that over the Rams. So to me it just got me thinking. It got me thinking so much to a point I want to hear what you think here. All right? 877 710 ESPN 877 7103776 I want to get your thoughts on about how to build a team. The 49ers and Shanahan has done it they've done it one way. The Rams, Les Snead, Sean McVay, they've done it a different way. Both teams have had results, but they've done it two different ways. I want to get your thoughts on that. And I'll explain next. Coming up here on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Happy Saturday, everybody out there. Welcome in LA Gridiron Weekly. I'm Kirk Morrison, your eight-year NFL veteran, and we're talking about how do you build your team. In particular, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. They've built their teams differently, and we can call it the Shanahan McVay era, which has which started back in 2017. Both head coaches became head coaches of their squad, 49ers and Rams, in 2017. And in those four years, you have the duo uh, of Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and John Lynch, the head coach general manager tandem, versus Sean McVay and Les Snead. Two different ways of building a team, right? There's a lot of similarities in what and how they coach, but when it comes to how they build their teams, it's a little bit different, right? And here's how we here's how they did it. So you have the Rams, okay? Sean McVay comes in. He's got Jerry Goff already inherited Jerry Goff at quarterback. He's got Ty Gurley, and he's trying to get this offense more explosive because we saw what it was under Jeff Fisher. So what did the Rams and Les Snead and McVay do? They went out and they said, boom, let's start trading. Let's start getting draft. Let's give up the draft picks. We need players. And the Rams went all out. They went out. They traded for him. Remember, Sammy Watkins was a Ram. Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Brandon Cooks, Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, and now Matthew Stafford as well. So the Rams have built their team in trading for big-time players, big names around the NFL. And it's the results are there. I know some people always say, well, they gave Gurley a contract too early. They gave Jared Goff a contract too early. 
And I'm saying, is that your money? <laughs> first of all, when probably your fans or people are like, oh, my God, we spent too much money. So first of all, this you ain't cutting that check. This ain't your team, okay? The ownership, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do, okay? Yeah, was it a bad deal? Possibly. But the success still tells me that other teams will go in the tank. Rams, like I said before, they've been to the playoffs three of the four years that McVay has been the head coach. They made the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game in Seattle last year, having still having to pay Brandon Cooks and Ty Gurley for the contracts prior. They'll be still be paying a little bit of Jared Goff's contract. The Rams have shown success even if there's a bit of failure in there. So that's how they built their team. On the other hand, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, They've built their team to the draft. They've used the draft to build their team, and they added the key players in free agency, but not the way the Rams did. Okay, man, Rams made trades. 49ers said, we're going to do it through the draft free agency. Here's what they've done in the draft. They drafted George Kittle. They've drafted Fred Warner. They drafted Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, drafted Dre Greenlaw. Now, in free agency, they were able to get some of these bigger names as well. Robbie Gold, Cal Juszczyk. They signed Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander, who's no longer with the team. But they also signed Jason Verrett last year, guy who was often injured. So they really kind of rolled the dice. And Jason Verrett actually made do with that one last year, staying healthy. And then also they stole away Samson Ibukam, a former Ram of a year ago. The 49ers have built their team through the draft. And I could throw in other guys who are no longer with the team, whether it's DeForest Buckner, who is now with the Indianapolis Colts. It was about the draft. Also, Solomon Thomas, now with the Raiders. So these are other prior guys who are with the team right now. I mean, who are who were with the team prior. Now they're with another team. So both teams, the Rams, 49ers, have built it differently. Rams through trades, 49ers through draft choices, free agency. Keyshawn Johnson, um, our guy here, my guy here at 710 ESPN, former first first overall pick in the NFL draft, he had some thoughts about the quarterback situation when it comes to the 49ers and the Rams. Take a listen to Keyshawn. I think the situation is better in San Francisco. You got a Super Bowl appearing quarterback in Jimmy G, but you got a guy waiting in the wings in Trey Lance that they feel very highly confident about. They feel good about him at the quarterback spot. If for some reason they have to go to him, they're not hesitating to pull the trigger. When you look at Matthew Stafford, 0-3 lifetime in the playoffs, not all his fault. There's no question about it. This is the best team that he's probably been surrounded around, but there's a lot of pressure. Super Bowl's in L.A. A lot of picks was given up for Matthew Stafford. Hmm. So Keyshawn Johnson says he'll take the 49er quarterback situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, rookie Trey Lance, over the quarterback situation, which we know is just pretty much one guy, the starter for the Rams, Matthew Stafford. Now, the way these two teams are now built, right? Rams are built with you know the trades of the stars that they've received. 49ers have built through the draft. And now they have quarterbacks, capable quarterbacks. I agree with Keyshawn that there's obviously going to be pressure, but I still feel that the Rams got the better end of this deal. 
we still don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. He's sort of the enigma. We don't know. He hasn't played a down in the National Football League, so we don't know. We don't we don't know. He could be good, he could be bad, he could be a bust. We don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo seems that he cannot stay healthy. Well, I tell you this, Matthew Stafford's one tough dude. He's been able to stay healthy throughout his career. He's done a lot for an organization that has really been mediocre with the Detroit Lions. And I'm being kind of I'm just being uh, <laughs> I'm being okay here. I'm not going in on them, but Detroit has been bad the way that they've ran their team. And so for me to think that the 49ers have a better like a better quarterback situation, no way. No way. What do you think? Who has the better quarterback situation right now? The Rams or the 49ers? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. My guy, Dan Arlovsky, he's the ESPN football analyst, also works with me on the college football side as well. Here's Dan Arlovsky talking about the uh, better quarterback situation. Matthew Stafford has the chance to have his Steve Young type of moment career-wise where he gets that quote-unquote monkey off of his back. And I just think he's never had a coach, a talented roster, or a team surrounding him like he does with the Rams right now. This situation is ideal for both people, or both parties essentially, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. The situation is better in Los Angeles. Mm. (laughs) So Keyshawn says it's better in San Francisco. My guy Dan Orlovsky says it's better here in Los Angeles for Matthew Stafford than the 49er situation. I'm going to have to agree with Dan Orlovsky. There's too many things that I, I point to for Matthew Stafford here in Los Angeles. Whether, obviously, it's the weather, the new stadium, the just the culture that's been built between Sean McVay and Les Snead. Also, he comes in and Matthew Stafford's not the best player on the team. Best player on the team plays defense, Aaron Donald. But now, look, we know how important a quarterback position in the NFL is. He's the most important player in terms of wins and losses. But you've got two guys on the other side in Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, guys that have played in some big-time football that have also um, you know, garnered a lot of attention, maybe even criticism, but are the best at their position. I mean, Jalen Rams to me is the best cornerback in the NFL. We already know that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL, and he's got two awards that tell me that. Matthew Stafford's coming into a situation where he just has to be okay. If he's great, that's a plus. That's a plus if he's great because now the Rams will get even more production than they have had in years where Jared Goff, we saw, was limited at times. I look over at the 49ers situation. Do you trust Jimmy Garoppolo to stay healthy for 17 games? Let me repeat that. 17 games, not 16. 17 games this season. Do you think he can stay healthy? And then we still don't know about the young guy, Trey Lance. When will he be available? What if Jimmy G gets off to a rough start? You got to throw in the rookie a little bit earlier then you maybe possibly want it to. That's the tough part. That's what you have to start thinking about if you're the 49ers. And so at the end of the day, you're going to tell me 
that the 49ers have a better quarterback situation with so many unknowns, where at least I know with Matthew Stafford, the only only unknown is if the pressure gets to him. Because everyone keeps telling me the same thing. I started the show off in the beginning talking about how Cal Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers, he wanted in on Matthew Stafford. He wanted in on Matthew Stafford. Can you believe that? So a lot more people are in on Matthew Stafford than maybe have been led to believe. But two things. How would you build your team? I just laid it out for you. How would you build your team? Would you do it the Rams way? Through trades, acquiring big-time guys. Or would you do it the 49ers way? Through the draft, free agency. Now, both teams have been to the Super Bowl. So there's that. But how would you do it? Which one or which way of doing, of building a team, do you think is better for the long haul, long haul, for the longevity? And one more, which QB situation would you rather have, the 49ers or the Rams? Dial me up, 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We take a little break here to talk to my guy, Dan Shanka, former NFL scout, current RLAD general manager and national scout. We get the uh, the breakdown on the Rams, little chargers. Also, take our little first peek down over in the desert with the Las Vegas Raiders. Dan Shanka coming up here next on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN. Yes, indeed. Welcome back in L.A. Gridiron Weekly here on a Saturday. Hope everyone out there listening, uh, driving safe, all buckled up, listening to the uh, the NFL talk as we get ready to prepare for the 2021 season. And a guy who I know that can help me out because he does such a great job for our lads. He's my guy, one of the chief operating guys over at our lads. He's Dan Shanka joining the program. What's up, Dan? How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Kirk. Yeah, I tell you what, it's always great to see you. And uh, as we talked on the last uh, show that yes. uh, I loved watching you play at San Diego State and, of course, your pro career. And uh, it's always great being with you. Well, last time we had you on, it was the kind of the draft preview. And now we have you on for the 2021 Our Lads draft review as we go over just a couple of the, the team draft, but more so a lot of these teams and what they have now. Because right now, Dan, as we approach training camp, teams are pretty much set with the roster of guys who are going to be a part of their football squad. And I'll start here in Los Angeles first, obviously with the Rams. And they drafted Tutu Atwell, they drafted Ernest Jones, they drafted guys who I think will be contributors, not necessarily key contributors, but they drafted guys that are well because they already have a nucleus of guys that they already have. So how do you see them now with what they acquired this offseason with the draft picks, and now as they head into the regular season, is everything kind of in place for them now? Well, I, I think that they added some pieces. They were looking for an explosive receiver. Of course, Tutu Atwell is is outstanding in everything he does. Uh, you know, that, and that's his his big thing, can bring uh, returnability. He's an explosive guy, and um, I think that uh, that's what they're looking for, a, a, a mid-range guy that even though he's not real tall, he's only around 5'7", he can snatch that ball and take off and get up the field, and he's slippery. So I think that, you know, he's going to fit right into, you know, with what the Rams are trying to do. You know, Dan, the, the other team here in Los Angeles, the Chargers, and they pretty – to me, 
I thought they won the draft. You know, when they get Rashawn Slater down at 13, they pick up Palmer, the wide receiver, Asante Samuel Jr., a cornerback. I felt that they were areas of need. And unlike the Rams, who got players who will be a contributor, not necessarily a key contributor, I thought the Chargers drafted guys who are going to play right away. They will be inserted right into the starting lineup. And so now when you look at how they uh, did this offseason with all of their acquisitions, especially along the offensive line, where do you see this Chargers team now in year two for Justin Herbert, but year one for Brandon Staley? I tell you what, uh, it, it was tremendous. Getting Rayshon Slater, a tremendous uh, upgrade mm-hmm. at left tackle. And then uh, the free agents they brought in, like Corey Lindsay and, yeah. and Lindsley, you know, and then uh, Matt Tyler, uh, you know, that upgrades that whole offensive line. And, and that's smart. Um, all the way uh, Tedesco brought in guys that are going to protect his quarterback. And yeah. I've always wondered why a lot of teams <laughs> draft a great quarterback and they don't protect him. And yeah. obviously that's the number one thing. And um, and then Brendan James, they brought on a little bit later. Well, and he played tackle at Nebraska, but he's going to be a guard uh, for the Chargers, uh, eventually a starter, I think. So, no, I they did everything they could to protect uh, Justin Herbert. And then you look at the Raiders too. And this is always one of the uh... – the situations where we say, okay, what are the Raiders going to do, Dan? And obviously they drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round. The, the unique Ngakwe was kind of a no-brainer. They needed an elite pass rusher. I still think that Ngakwe has that in him. I just want to see more of it. And because now he will be the guy with the Raiders. But overall, they drafted uh, Divine Diablo. They drafted, um, you know, uh, uh, Trayvon Morig. So they drafted some guys who will be, uh, competing for starting positions. They didn't bring a lot in outside that in free agency in terms of the wide receiving group or, you know, the secondary. But I'm just looking in particular at this offensive and defensive line. These are going to be revamped. How does that prepare the Raiders for this season? Well, you know, if Alex Leatherwood comes along, you know, I think right now he's going to be the right tackle. I, I He had his ups and downs. We projected him as a guard. Hmm. Uh, but... Um, you know, I think if he holds up out of right tackle, okay. that will really help uh, the Raiders. I think that, uh, you know, Colton Miller, a lot of people didn't, you know, weren't high on him when he came out from UCLA. We were, we really liked him. And I think he's going to take a, a next step uh, in this year. So I think, again, you know, trying to protect Carr, you got to have some offensive linemen and, and uh, that's going to be in the mix. So uh, I, I like the Maury pick. Now, you know what? People were complaining about Leatherwood getting taken, you know, in the middle of that first round. Right. But if you took Maury there, nobody would be complaining and take uh, Leatherwood <laughs> in the second round. So, you exactly. know, you got the guys you know, to f- fill those spots. So um, I, I, uh, I, we really like Morg. He's our top free safety. And uh, so I think that the Raiders upgraded and now they just got to put it all together. And, uh, and, and then they got John Moore and Brown, I'm sorry, John Brown and free agency, right. explosive wide receiver. If he stays healthy, you know, that's the big thing. Uh, Gruden always likes that speed and um, rugs, you know, will will bring that along with uh, Brown. So, um, I think that, you know, the Raiders fans can look forward to maybe a lot better season they've had. <laughs> He's Dan Shanka. He's the general manager and the uh, longtime scout for our lads. You can follow him on Twitter, our lads underscore Shanka. Join the L.A. Gridiron Weekly here on 710 ESPN. And just kind of an overall sense of when you look at the National Football League, Dan, it's going to be 17 games over 18 weeks. And so people just say, oh, OK, that, that, that's fine. An extra game. 
But I feel like this is where guys like yourself, the, the scouts, the, the, the player personnel guys really dig down and find some of these undrafted late round gems that we're looking up in late December. We're looking up in January and they're saying like, who's this kid? No, that's the kid that was in training camp who was taking the last reps, but he knows the system and he's playing late in the season. So when you look at the depth that some of these teams are going to have to have, like kind of take me through that decision process in terms of getting the late round undrafted free agent and bringing him into training camp. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I always love that to Kirk. Uh, you know, I signed 25 free agents uh, in my career that made mm-hmm. it in the national football league. And I never brought in a guy I didn't think that could help the team. And uh uh, you know, here, here's a guy like now, if he stays healthy, it's a okay. big if, but I think the Raiders got a, a, a great one in Sean Crawford. Now mm. Sean's had some knee surgeries. Okay? okay. But I'll tell you, he's an explosive secondary guy. And if he makes this team stays healthy, makes the team, he's a great football player. Now, I mean, he would have been drafted uh, if it wouldn't have been for, for the knee situation. I think that's probably true on a lot of guys that they have some injuries or uh, something that, you know, maybe in their background that some teams didn't like, but, the, you know, it was like a one-time deal or something. Well, hey, these guys come on and be great football players. Hey, Priest Holmes was another one. You know, he fell down, you know, right down the elevator shaft, and he had a great career when he got in the National Football League with Houston and whatnot. Out of, you know, he's out of Tennessee. But, no, I tell you, if you look over rosters, you'll see uh, more contributors uh, then as undrafted free agents and maybe a lot of guys that got drafted in the middle rounds, you know, and um, so it's a, it, it, you've got to have great scouts and experienced scouting staff, guys that know their area. And then you can pluck those guys out of that when you're, you're uh, signing your, uh, you know, undrafted free agents at the end of the draft. You know, Dan, one of the big things around collegiate sports over the last couple of weeks has been name, image, and likeness. Now that, College players are now allowed to make money off their name, image, and likeness. But for me, uh, the first true sport that I think is a big-time sport will be college football. As a lot of these players will have their name, image, and likeness, and they can monetize that. I bring it up because my focus goes on college football now. And so just from your expertise as a scout and just following the college football game, how do you start to prepare for the 2022 draft? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, we've uh, this year we got a big head start because, as you know, a lot of these guys that were written up as pro prospects, Kirk, a year ago, got they came went back to school and now they're coming out. This draft is going to be super loaded. Now, the thing I feel bad about is uh, there's going to be a lot of really good football players that are going to sign as undrafted free agents, and they would have been drafted in normal years. I mean, 1,200 players. Um, right now, uh, look, I mean, are draftable. 1,200 players. You only draft 259. You know, so, I mean, it, this is unbelievable hey, Dan, this year. Sorry to stop, but how, how many on a normal draft year? Well, yeah, what's the, what's the, normal, the normal draftable players in a normal draft year compared to what you're saying for next year? Because now you, you've got my mind going of how probably this may be one of the best drafts we've ever had because of so many players. Right. No, uh, it, it usually depends, uh, like you say, per year, but it'd be, you know, some between six and 800 players that'd be on, you know, uh, on teams boards. Now they whittle that down, you know, to the draft to about 150 players per team that they'd, you know, draft. 
But I mean, there's well, you can see that all the free you get 90 on your roster and then you got, you know, your your basic roster and then you draft, say, eight guys, seven guys somewhere in there. Well, the rest got to come. The rest got to come from undrafted free agents. So it's going to be a big job this year for teams to, wow. to pick the best guys of that pool you know, for your team as undrafted free agents. So uh, it, it's unbelievable the, the amount of quality players in this particular draft. Mm, well, I, I know I didn't probably uh, let, let you know, but I got one wild card question for you because I am here in Los Angeles. And so on the long, on the, on those same lines of college football, two guys who I think will have NFL potential, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback over at UCLA, also Keaton Slovis, quarterback at USC. Now, Dan, right now as we're talking, it's July 10th, Saturday. No one's really talking about these quarterbacks yet, but the love and fascination of the quarterback position and how these guys can rise rather quickly, similar to Zach Wilson last year, What's the possibility for these two guys, a, like a Dorian Thompson Robinson and Keaton Slovis, as the season goes along and we start to look at the 2022 draft? Well, you're you're right. Now, the big thing is about with Slovis because he's accurate. He does so many good things. He's got to stay healthy. You know, mm-hmm. if he stays healthy, he could be the Zach Wilson. You know, because he wow. is accurate and he's smart and he's got he's got a lot of uh, really good football players around him. Uh, like him a lot and. and Obviously, um, with uh, UCLA, hey, with, with Chip Kelly doing what he does on offense there, all that's going to do is really help uh, all those guys at UCLA, particularly the quarterback. Mm. Good, good. Dan, look, I, I know you're uh, a busy guy because you're always getting ready for the football season, but I appreciate the time as well as I still dig into my our lads 2021 draft review as I get ready for the season. Dan, appreciate the time as always. You betcha, Kirk. Anytime. Great being with you. And uh, hey, uh, there's going to be a lot of good football players in uh, L.A. this year, college and pro. Ah, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. He's Dan Shaka. He's the GM, general manager, longtime national scout for rlads.com. So look, follow him on Twitter as well. Our lads underscore Shanka is a great follow. Great dude, man. Appreciate the time with him as always. More LA Gridiron Weekly coming up next. Special thanks to Dan Shanka joining us in that last segment. The Our Lads National Scout General Manager as well for Our Lads, man. Always great to get his insight. 877-710-ESPN is the phone number. 877-710-3776. Man, we've been talking about... Which quarterback situation would you rather have? The 49ers, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, or the Rams with a guy like Matthew Stafford? But also, too, how would you build your team? We're talking about Kyle Shanahan and how he was in on the Matthew Stafford situation, but just how the 49ers have built their team through the draft and free agency or the Rams, the immediate results, a team that is all about the today, the now, the the present, as they've made big trades and they've resulted in three out of four playoff appearances under Sean McVay and no losing records. So how would you, which team, first of all, would you rather, how would you build your team? And also which quarterback situation is what we got going on today here on L.A. Gridiron Weekly, but let's go to the uh, to the phone lines. I know we've had a couple of home phone calls. I've been waiting and patiently waiting. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, is it? I think is it. We waiting on Mark or oh, Wayne? Here we go, my guy Wayne. What's up, Wayne? Welcome to LA Gridiron Weekly. How you doing, my man? 
Good morning, Kirk, and thank you for taking my call. Best yeah, linebacker no doubt. in the NFL you used to be. <laughs> well, anyway, I appreciate it, Wayne. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I just want to say this real quick. Um, I would have built my team through the draft because I really like the way the 49ers built their, built their offense and defense. Um, and as far as the um, quarterback situation goes, I really call it a Las Vegas push because – Matthew Stafford hasn't played behind the Rams' line, thrown to the Rams' receivers, tight ends, or backs. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo, he has, he is familiar with the little nuances where his uh, receivers want the ball, you know, under fire and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. A linebacker like you, blitzing uh, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to come out quick to uh, Debo Samuel. Whereas uh, Matthew Stafford may take that extra split second and get blasted by a linebacker like yourself. Now, um, I just want to say this uh, one thing. Lastly, I believe that um, the 49ers really should have won their Super Bowl against Kansas City because Richard Sherman blew two big coverages against Sammy Watkins in that Super Bowl. And uh, Patrick Mahomes couldn't help but put it right on Sammy Watkins. I mean, he was like 10, 15 yards behind Richard Sherman. They say it's a team game in football, which it is. That means your offense got to show up. Your defense got to show up. Your special teams have to show up. Whereas when New England got hold to the Rams in, in the Super Bowl, Belichick kind of like intimidated uh, Sean McVay. You only get three points for four quarters? I mean, come on. Come on. Mm. But anyway... Make a long story short, I'm a ride with those Niners, Kirk. And again, man, like Ice Cube said, you was a hell of a linebacker. Thank you for taking my call and have a great Saturday, man. You are the best. Oh, man, appreciate that, Wayne, man. Happy Saturday to you as well. Um, <laughs> there's a lot there uh, to take on. But, um, no, I, I, you know, everyone has their opinion. And, and I believe, Wayne, that obviously I think it has to be a mix of all. I know the 49ers have done it through the draft, but they've also had some draft misses. A lot of their first-round picks are no longer with the team. I mentioned before, Solomon Thomas, no longer with the team. Okay, uh, DeForest Buckner, he's no longer with the team. Okay, Solomon, uh, who else I mean? Solomon, DeForest, and then it was another first-round pick. They, they're no longer with the team anymore. So they've missed out on some. They've done well in the other areas, right? In the second round, you know, Fred Warner was a third-rounder. It wasn't like George Kittle was his first round can't miss prospect. George Kittle was a fifth round pick. They got he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He was drafted in the fifth round. So I kinda like for me, I'm always gonna be pro player. I'm against having the draft picks a lot of times. I'd rather take the asset over the draft pick. That's what the Rams have prioritized. And their team has seemed to have more success than the 49ers. Now, as far as a quarterback situation, let's be honest. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been healthy, so I understand that. That's one of the reasons why that the 49er situation, I think, is a bit shaky. And for all these people who are against Matthew Stafford because of the quarterback he was in Detroit and he was 0-3 and this and that, I would always just say, look, the last player to rush for 1,000 yards in the Detroit Lions organization was Reggie Bush. (laughs) I'm going to keep bringing it up. They've never had a offense that was as balanced as the Rams' offense. That's what Stafford needs. I mentioned it earlier. Kyle Shanahan says, man, this dude is lethal off play action. Well, when he's playing in Detroit, play action don't work. 
when you ain't got no running back. <laughs> you can't put the hand, put the ball into uh, to the belly of a running back because you ain't get a running back. You ain't got nothing going on over there. He's got Cam Makers now, Daryl Henderson. So yes, he'll be able to do, act as if he's handing the ball off, and now the play action game will be ignited okay so that's what i think about that but again appreciate the phone call wayne let's go to uh anthony anthony man welcome to uh la gridiron weekly how you doing today i am doing fine i'm blessed and i wanted to talk to you for some time first and foremost i enjoy the platform that you put in la oh man second appreciate of all that. you are a hell of a linebacker because i played football too and I love the way you played against the run. Hell of a linebacker. Oh, man, because I played outside linebacker defensive end. Right. Now, enough of that. Enough of that. First and foremost, I've been a Ram fan since I was eight years old. I grew mm. up in South Central L.A., so I used to go watch them 20 blocks away from the Coliseum. So I know my Rams, all right? When we got Stafford, and before we got Stafford, with, I think the week that we played them, and I knew Stafford was going to be up for uh, a new contract or whatever. His contract was going to run out. I said, oh, man, I hope we get this guy. This was before talk even came up mm-hmm. because I seen how he played. Right. And he half the time that they won, he had to come back from behind. And he was dealing with a not-so-good defense and limited weaponry. Now he's in a team, on a team, that has weapons. And a defense and a hell of an offensive mastermind is the head coach. <laughs> the sky's the limit for this team. And I'm going to say it, and I mean it, and I mean it through my bottom of my heart. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that Super Bowl. Plain <laughs> and simple. That's, my, that's how I feel. I say, you cut me open, I'm going to bleed blue and gold. <laughs> appreciate the phone call anthony man thanks for listening man spread the word la gridiron weekly is here every saturday 9 a.m to 11 a.m here on 710 espn appreciate the kind words anthony uh that's what's up man. he got the rams winning the super bowl i mean i, I have them as an nfc that's what happened in nfc championship game now it's up to them to win it but i got them i have them there and i think he brought up a great point is that he's going to a situation in LA and I'm talking to Matthew Stafford here where he has the infrastructure already in place. He's just got to show up and do his job. I mean, just show up, show up and show out. He's got everything here. He's got a defense. He's got offensive weapons around. He's got a running game, but he also has a quarterback. I mean, a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, head coach that believes in what he can do and is very talented. I think that's one of the reasons why I have him having so much success here in LA. And I always say this, man, I know I got a lot of some Laker fans out there too. It's kind of when someone's available in free agency or in a trade and Laker fans find a way to fall in love with them. I remember last year, remember Andre Drummond was available. I'm like, Oh, bring Andre Drummond. He just was a was similar, right? He was in Detroit for all those years, but Detroit's just bad. Bring him to our culture. We'll show him how to do it. He'll be great for the Lakers. Why? Kate Matthew Stafford get the same love with the Rams. He was in a bad situation in the same city in Detroit. Give him the same love y'all gave Andre Drummond. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to North Hollywood. My guy Harold in North Hollywood. Welcome to LA Gridiron Weekly. How you doing, my man? Hi, Kurt. Good show. You know, I always believe Kurt that you build a culture through the draft, 
with younger players. I know the Rams do it differently. They, I don't remember when they had a first-round pick. They give it all away. But, you know, <laughs> these young guys come in. You don't always hit a home run. But they came, They come in, man, with, with a, you know, they want to get themselves better and better because they're looking for a big contract. I've seen some of these veteran guys get big money in it. And maybe it's just human nature that they don't really give 110%. But uh, I'm not saying about the Rams. But, the, you know, sooner or later, a lot of times when they catch up with this team, and they're going to be left with an empty cupboard. So I, you got to build. You know, young guys. I look forward to the draft. Like I said, not everybody comes out great, but you can always find a nugget, second, third, fourth round draft pick. So that that's my reasoning behind this whole thing. What do you think, Kurt? Appreciate the phone call, Harold. Uh, I would say a little bit of both because, again, the Rams have actually really done well in the later rounds, not so much in the first round because they've not had a first round pick. First-round picks are honestly a crapshoot. I'll be real with you because you don't know how that player is going to be. It'll be a couple years, and they'll be out. I mean, the, the I was looking at this week, the New England Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round two years ago, wide receiver out of Arizona State. He's asking for a trade two years in. I mean, you cannot – I mean, I, I look at it, and I do a lot of work also on the NFL radio channel over on Sirius, and it's the same thing. I look at every single year of what – the fifth-year option looks like for the guys who are three years removed from college. And you start to look and you say, wow, you're seeing maybe a quarter of the teams don't renew the contract or give the fifth-year option to the player who they drafted in the first round. Sometimes they don't last that long. Coaching staffs don't last three years. So McVay and Shanahan, they're on year four, but you look at – uh, Anthony Lynn, he didn't last long. You know what I mean? Was it was it four years? I believe Anthony Lynn was with the Chargers, if that. I believe uh, you got to think about. Uh, let's see, Matt Patricia, he he only lasted three years in Detroit. So you can draft these guys high, but building the draft sometimes, if you miss out, you miss out on a quality player. Now I say that you bring in through trades guys who have something to prove. I was traded as a player in the NFL. Trust me. You talk about motivation. You talk about one team saying, we like you, but we're not in love with you. I got traded from the Raiders over to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's life-changing. Trust me. You get it. You're like, all right, that's how y'all feel about me. And if you haven't heard the Marcus Peters uh, interview on the uh, Keep to Lead podcast, I could revisit that as well. Marcus Peters had some choice words about the Rams, you know what I mean? Because he didn't want to be traded. So he was traded from Kansas City, traded from the Rams. You feel a a certain type of way when you get traded, and that's a chip on your shoulder. And the Rams have got a a lot of production, even from Sammy Watkins when he was here, from Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, Brandon Cook, Dante Fowler. And you see Jalen Ramsey, (laughs) what he's getting as well. There's a lot of guys who have chips on their shoulder but have made do with how they've been acquired for the Rams, 49ers still left to be seen. But first-rounders, outside of Nick Bosa, we still haven't seen it. Who's Nick Bosa, remember, coming off of an ACL injury last season. So we still don't know how he'll return from that. But you know what? We turn our attention to my guy, Miles Simmons. He's a writer over at Pro Football Talk. We'll get his thoughts on some thoughts on some situations around the NFL, as well as our teams here in Los Angeles. Miles Simmons of Pro Football Talk coming up here next on LA Gridiron Weekly on 710 ESPN.